0: Welcome back into a brand new episode of dimming the gaslight. My name is Mac and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So um, last week I, I did a solo episode and I told you guys that my next had filed a brand new DCPMP, which is a protection of child services investigation against me. So I also told you that I had court coming up this week and I posted on Instagram that perjury day was coming and everything like that. And uh, maybe you could tell by my voice, things didn't go the way I planned. It's still not over, but a lot of really good things happened this week. Um, Really good things. I hope you could tell by my voice on that one. A lot of good things happened this week. Uh, So I am going to do another solo episode to fill you guys in about Finally, really starting to push back. Last episode, I told you about all these nasty letters uh, that my lawyer had sent to their opposing counsel and my lawyer, Brittany Parisi, at a Parisi law firm in New Jersey, called my ex a uh, narcissist right in an email to her opposing lawyer And in order to retaliate. Uh, my next opened a brand new false investigation with DCPMP against me. Okay. And so this week, I picked my kids up for dinner. And when I uh, got to my car, my car broke down. Okay. And my car has been overheating because I bought this car for peanuts and there was a radiator issue and my car was overheating. So I quick swung it over to a local mechanic and uh, I told him my car is overheating. And I called Brittany. and God bless Brittany. I said, listen, how am I going to get to the kids if my car's overheating? She goes, give me your address and your destination. And she ordered me an Uber because I'm flat broke. So this is the kind of lawyer I'm dealing with. Brittany helped me out so much, gave me an Uber, took the kids around and got me an Uber back home. OK, but now here's the kicker. While I was with the kids, I pick up, you know, my son and my daughter and my daughter had a huge bruise on her forehead, like a greenish, purplish, Bump and bruise on her forehead with a line going through it. And so I was like, what happened to your head? Right. Nothing was told to me. And they get in the car and I flip on my, you know, phone and I record and I go, what happened? And they go, we were jumping on the bed at Fireman's John's house and on the kid's bed. And my daughter fell off the bed and clocked her head and had a huge bump and bruise on her head. And I said, where was mommy? And they said, mommy was um, at a baby shower and they were with John. And I was like, oh, that's great. So mommy left you alone with John. Well, that's just wonderful, right? After last week, she said she wants to take him away to Disney World. Clearly, she didn't get the picture. And the kids cracked their head, right? So I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I was like, do you guys stay at John's a lot without mommy? And they're like, yeah, he babysits us and stuff. I'm like, well, what about the right? Like in my head, I'm going, what about the right of first refusal? Right. And I go, you guys sleep there a lot? And they go, yeah. And I go, where do you sleep? And they go in the corner on the floor. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, you sleep? You don't sleep in a bed? And they're like, no, I don't have beds for us. I was like, you sleep in the corner on the floor. And they go, yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? And they're like, and John got a dog. And I was like, oh, cool. How's the dog? And they're like, it's a little puppy. And he go, and my daughter goes, he bites our butts. And I go, oh, interesting. And if you remember from last episode, my next is alleging that my kids come home with red marks on their butts, alleging that I spank them. So I call Brittany and I go, do you hear? Uh, you know, she ordered me the Uber, and when I dropped off the kids, I go, do you hear all this? And and I told her everything. And I recorded it all and I took a picture of the bruise. And Brittany goes, all right. She goes, well, I'm getting you an Uber back home, but I'm not sending you back home. You're going to the police station. And I said, really? She goes, go make a police report right now. So I did. And I walked in and I played the the police, the recordings, and I showed them the picture. And I said, I would like for you to do a wellness check at Fireman John's house. And they go, well, where are the kids now? And I said, I don't know. I said, she picked them up. I don't know where they are. They could be at her house. They could be at Fireman John's house. But this happened at Fireman John's house. So I want you to do a wellness check there. And they say, you know, where does he live? And I, and I <laughs> you know, I d- I've done my due diligence and now I have John's address. And uh, so I said, here, here's his address, right? And they go, and I told him that he's a fireman. I said, here's my phobia, right? I'm afraid of retaliation because he's a fireman. Clearly, he's connected with the police. I was like, I'm afraid of retaliation. And they're like, well, because he's not their legal guardian, we can't do a wellness check there. And I was like, why? That's where they got hurt. I was like, my kids are there. He's a strange man. I don't know him. He's a complete stranger. And they said, well, we can't do a wellness check there, but we'll do it at the Nexus house. I was like, okay, fine. And... I mean, I filed the police report. I left. I told Brittany everything that happened. And the next day I called and they did. They did a wellness check at the Nex's house. Um, now, the funny thing is because, again, this is in Pleasantville. I called the police. I went to the police station at my house because I'm not going to go to the Pleasantville police station because when I was asked if I can receive a TRO against my next, they said no. And I'm not going to go to the town where John lives because he's connected. So I don't have any faith in those police stations, but I don't know anybody at the police station where I live now. So that's the police station I went to. So after I filed the report, I called the police station the following day and I said, I'd like the result of the wellness check. And he goes, oh, OK. And he goes, you're Mac. And I go, yeah. And he goes, OK, hold on. And he brings it up. He goes, OK, so the Pleasantville police went to their house and. Um, he said the children were present. Three words. This is the police report. Children were pleasant, present. Uh, no one was harmed. Everything is in order. That's the police report. Three sentences. And I was like, oh, that's that's great. And I was like, I really, in my head, I'm going, I really wish they went to John's house. That, I'm not talking. Believe it or not, this is not about my next. This is about John. The kids got hurt at John's house. I want to know what the situation is at John's house. So, um, yeah, I did that, Right. And then I called Brittany and I gave her the result. And I was like, yo, you want to know another thing? Uh, She goes, what? And I go, the kids, remember, I've talked on a past episode that my children's therapist will not communicate with me. And she basically told me, oh, well, these kids need more help for the DV that they've seen that I could offer. And I wrote her back. I go, they've never seen any DV. This is bullshit. And so she goes, well, now you're updated. She was really nasty to me and unprofessional and unethical. And I said, I've been asking for an update from this therapist for two months and she's been radio silent. And I said to Brittany, I go, I'm going to call insurance and make a claim, make a complaint. And she goes, do it. And I said, Okay. And I made a claim against the children's therapist for unprofessionalism and treating them uh, for a diagnosis which she is not equipped to handle because I went on her Psychology Today bio and it says nothing about children or family therapy or anything. She's not equipped to handle this situation. The insurance put in a claim and they said they would contact me in 48 hours and uh, they're going to cease payments to the therapist. So I do that, right? And this is the following day after I went to the police, okay? So then the following day, uh, you know, I, I, I do the, the whole, you know, call to the cops and I, you know, make the report about the therapist and then I check my email, and I, I have an email from my son's teacher and my son's teacher shoots me an email and she goes, you know, with the closing of the year and it's just to me, it's there's no other parents on it. She goes with the closing of the year, I would just like to reach out to you and see if you had any questions. And I was like, interesting timing, seeing that I called the police last night because the police probably called my son's school. So I said, yeah, I do have some questions, actually, because I have not been privy to anything that goes on with my son. I said, do you have time for a parent-teacher conference this afternoon? And she goes, sure. How's three o'clock? I said, great. Call me at three. So the teacher, she FaceTimes me at three o'clock from her car. Okay. And I was like, why are you in your, in my brain? I said, why are you in your car? And she goes, Hey, how are you? And I go, good. I'm like, thank you so much for reaching out to me. You know, I've been really curious about my son and everything. Um, I was like, I just want you to know, you know, he's going through a tough time, but I'm here to help any way that I can. And I was like, I know you know about the divorce and stuff. And she goes, I just want you to know he's doing really well academically. I was like, that's wonderful. I was like, he's reading. I'm so impressed with his reading and he can count by fives and he can count by tens and he can count by hundreds. And I was like, I don't know if you're doing carryover math, but he's pretty good at math. I'm like, I'm impressed. She goes, yeah, academically, he's doing really well. And actually socially, he's doing well. And I was like, that's good. I was like, and she goes, but I just want to let you know, His mind seems to be somewhere else. And I said, his mind seems to be somewhere else. What do you mean by that? And she goes, you know, he's good at his desk or something. But when we sit on like the rug or something like, you know, he just like kind of dozes off. And I was like, interesting. I was like, what do you attribute that to? And she goes, I just think he has a lot in his mind. And I look at the teacher and I just kind of nodded. And we just kind of looked on the thing. And she was doing the call from her car. And I started reading between the lines. I said, she's calling me. Because the police called me the night before and she goes, he has a lot on his mind. I go, uh-huh. And she goes, and I want to tell you something else. And I go, what? She goes, your name and new address is not on your son's account. I go, why not? And she goes, you are still on the Pleasantville address. Your name is there, but your contact information is not. And I said, interesting. And she goes, yeah, so I haven't been able to get a hold of you. She's like, I've only been able to get a hold of his mother. I was like, oh, and and what does she say? And she goes, well, you know, I told him that she has some focus issues and they came up with like, I believe it's called and forgive me if you're a teacher or something, but I think it's called a 504 plan where I think my son has some sort of attention, maybe deficit disorder or something. I don't know. But I'm like, the kid's seven, right? Like, come on. He he can't be tested for that. And she goes, well, um, you know, your ex wants him tested in the second grade. And I said, huh? I said, I have a say in this, don't I? And she goes, well, you're a legal guardian of your kid, aren't you? And I go, yeah. And she goes, well, maybe you should contact the principal. And I was like, okay, please give me the principal's phone number and email, and I'm going to reach out to him, right? And she goes, I think you should do that. And I hang up with her, and I go, this teacher just stuck her neck out on the line for me. How amazing. How amazing is this teacher? Um You know, I feel sort of bad that I hadn't reached out all year. I probably should have, but I'm afraid because it's Pleasantville and I'm afraid of getting, you know, backlash or whatever. I should be checking up on my son more. I did have one parent-teacher conference earlier in the year, but only one. I should have done more, I admit. You know, I feel like a bad parent. I should have done more. So I reach out to the principal and I said, hey, I had the pleasure of speaking with my son's teacher this afternoon. And, uh, you know, I need the name of the I was like, you know, um, she was great. And I I really hyped the teacher up to the principal because she really stuck her neck out there for me. And I said she was really excellent. And uh, I said, you know, I just want I was like, I need to be privy to a few things. And I mentioned to the principal and he I said, I need my name. My address, my phone number, and my email all on my son's file. I was like, "Um, I need the director of this you know, think tank type thing that the teacher was talking about. And I need the diagnosis for my son because I need all this information. And within eight minutes, the principal writes back and goes, hey, so glad to hear from you. Um, You know, it's going to take us some time to get that stuff together, but we'll get it together for you. And I'm glad that you had a positive experience with my son's teacher. And then there's a separate paragraph and he goes, "Um, looping in my necks, you know, for future correspondence. Because I guess he has her email to shoot out, like, parent-teacher emails. And so I wrote back and I go, Dear Principal, thank you so much for your, you know, prompt response and agreeing to send me all these items. I said, but for future reference, because of ongoing litigation and a very contentious divorce, please do not include the next on future correspondence. Um, Because she didn't include me. And I can prove that. So my next is, I mean... Listen, I'm no doctor. I have no doctor degree, right? And far be it for me to go around diagnosing people. But now she's saying my son has mental issues. Um, He's seven, okay? I think she has Munchausen syndrome. I mean, listen, who am I? Who am I? I can't say anything. I think she has Munchausen syndrome. We know there's comorbidities with this narcissism stuff. And I think she has Munchausen syndrome. I think everybody is wrong and she has to control everything. Every narrative there's wrong with there's something wrong with everybody but her according to her. Right. So I was really glad that I did that. Okay. So three major victories on that one day, uh, police report, therapist and teacher. And I was like, man, I'm having a really good productive day. Right. So the following day, <laughs> excuse me, the following day I had court. Right. Right. Um, Brittany and I prepared heavily, you know, we had all our evidence ready to go. I even uploaded, you know, the pictures and the audio that I had from the kids injuring them with John. Um, and you know, I was going to bring that to court because, you know, we knew that was going to come up, right? We knew it. So Brittany and I get to court. The net there's like three. I guess you can call them pews, like a church. Like there's like three or four pews in front of us, and I sat in the very last row. And they sat on in. I sat in the very last row on the left hand side. They sat in the very first row on the right hand side, and they're giggling and they're laughing and having a grand old time, right? And. We look around and there's like four other couples that are at this thing with legal representation. I'm like, motherfucker, we're not going to get hurt again today, right? So Brittany or or my ex's lawyer kind of makes eye contact with Brittany and gestures to her. And they like give each other this nod and they walk outside. I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, tea time, Right. And so they go out about 15 minutes and me and my next, are, you know, my next is to my right. I'm just sitting there. I don't pay her any time a day. She, I, I will admit she came in with this long, pink, showy off, flowy dress, you know, looking like a princess because that's what she does. I think she's the fucking prom, not her divorce. So anyway, um, so then uh, they go out for like 15 minutes. Uh, Brittany Parisi, my lawyer, and the necks lawyer. And they go out for about 15 minutes and then Brittany comes back in and she peeks around the corner and then she gives me this like, you know, like the one finger come here thing. And I go, okay. And so I go outside and my immediate thought was they're going to settle. And I go, no, no, please don't settle because I filed the police report. I'm like, please don't settle. Please don't settle. And Brittany goes, Okay. And I go, what? And she pulls me around like a corner and she goes, your head's going to explode. And I was like, oh, they're not going to settle. She goes, no. And I was like, oh, thank God. She goes, the next, I was just informed by her legal representation that after this court appearance, the next is going directly to the police station to say that you violated the restraining order. And I said, How did I violate the restraining order? I was like, The only time she's in my presence, we pick up and drop off at the police station. There's cameras at the police station. And I video and record everything on my phone, you know, when the kid, when she's ever in my presence. I was like, So how can she say I violate it? She goes, She's not saying because of that. She's saying that you violated the restraining order by going to the police to report your children's injuries. And I just looked at Brittany. And I started shaking. My knees started shaking. And I go, that is outlandish. And she goes, I know. Like, I just had the rage building up inside of me. And I go, Brittany, am I going to go to jail for being concerned about my kids? She goes, you're not going to go to jail. I was like, why not? I violated the TRO, according to her. She goes, Mac, you're not going to jail. She goes, you are. (laughs) She goes, all right. If your kids get shot, right, you have access to your kids. I go, of course. And she goes, if anything happens to your kids' safety, you have access to them, right? And I go, yeah. She goes, what is she going to do? She goes, we're going to bring this up in front of the judge, of course. And uh, the judge is going to be like, you know, whatever. So we go in, right? And uh, so, oh, one more thing, just a little anecdote, right? Uh, in order to play the recordings that I had in court, I bought a Bluetooth speaker that I have. And it's one of those Bluetooth speakers that like plays the lights on the bottom when it vibrates and has like the beat. And it's cool. It it, like plays the music, you know, it'll vibrate with lights and stuff. So we go in, you know, we get to the tables and, uh, Brittany goes, your honor, I just want to let you know, um, that we have a Bluetooth speaker here. And the Bluetooth speaker is to play the evidence. He's like she's like, I just wanted to make you aware. It's not on. It's not a recording device or anything. She goes, I just wanted to make you aware. And the judge goes, Oh, thank you. He goes, um, are you gonna play a song? And Brittany goes, uh, we weren't planning on it. And like because remember last time I said the judge is kind of a jokester? And she goes, are you going to play a song? And Brittany's like, uh, we weren't planning on it. And he goes, is it one of those like speakers that like plays lights and vibrates? And she goes, I don't know, Your Honor. And he goes, I guess we'll find out. And she goes, whatever you'd like, Your Honor. We'll play whatever you like. But he's sitting there joking around. I remember last time I got kicked out of the court because I laughed. And here he is joking again. I'm like, Jesus, man. So, um, whatever. So, they, the opposing counsel chimes in and goes, you know, Your Honor, we need to speak about something that has arisen since last court date, and we have reason to believe that uh, the defendant has violated the restraining order. And the judge goes, okay. He goes, before you get started, let me tell you guys something. He goes, another judge has passed away, and there's a memorial service for him in a half an hour, and I'm going to attend. And the four of us, all of us go, oh my God. Like, we all just like, seriously? A judge died and they're going to a memorial service. So he goes, so I have about a half an hour for this. We're like, motherfucker. So he goes, so you're going to waste this time talking about some trivial thing that just came up last week or are we going to do the trial? And she goes, and they go, well, you know, this is necessary to talk about. And he goes, so how did he break the restraining order? And um, he goes, well, and, and, so Brittany pipes in and goes, you know, they're saying that he broke the restraining order because we have reason to believe that Mrs., you know, at the Nexus Paramore, the children sustained injuries at the Nexus Paramore's house. And we are concerned for their safety. And the defendant made a police report. And now this is retaliation. And the judge goes, OK, well, here's the thing. The next has the ability to amend the TRO at any time she'd like. He goes, and the defendant has the right to go to the police station anytime he'd like. He goes, so really, what are we talking about? He's like, do whatever you want. He's like, you know, if they'll grant you the restraining order, I mean, if they'll grant you the violation, he goes, go for it. He's like, that's not part of my jurisdiction. He goes, I'm here to hear the trial. He's like, so I don't care about this. And I was like, sweet, nice. I was like, to me, that's positive, right? I was like, you know, because I was like, they fucking cuff me and throw me in jail right now. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Oh my God, I'm concerned for my kid's safety. So then, um, I so then the questioning begins, right? And uh, so we did. We started the trial. We had like 20 minutes, and uh, so it's funny. So my next on TRO number one alleges that I strangled her around eight or nine o'clock, but the actual physical TRO that she signed, signed by the police and amended without changing it again, says 3 p.m. Okay. And so my next says that, uh, you know, Brittany called her out on that. She said, why are you alleging verbally? You know, we have her transcripts and everything. Why are you alleging verbally that it happened at 8 or 9? But the paper says 3 o'clock. And my next goes, well... It started at three o'clock and went on to eight or nine, but we had friends and family over between that three o'clock to eight or nine time slot. She started dancing around it and we were all ready to present the evidence and the judge was like, that's it. That's all the time we have for today. And we're like, oh my God. So, so now the judge, he goes, this is going on for a while. He goes, we need to speed this up he goes your next date is in 2 weeks at 8:30 a.m. and personally I like the 8:30s you know there's either like an 8:30 time for morning or 1:30 in the afternoon for afternoon and personally I like the the um early morning sessions better than the afternoon sessions um so 2 weeks 2 weeks that's it so so um we left the courtroom and it was nice me Brittany and her husband, Brittany got newly married last week. Con- congratulations to Brittany and her husband. Uh, I guess they didn't, haven't taken a honeymoon yet. Actually, Brittany, I need to talk to you about that. Why aren't you taking a honeymoon? Probably because of me. You're staying around for me. I understand. But, um, the three of us, Brittany, her husband, and I all went out to like a late lunch and it was probably about like three o'clock. And we all like, you know, we got there and we told her husband the story and, um, We all felt really defeated because, you know, I'm posting on Instagram, it's perjury day and I'm fucking all amped up and like it doesn't fucking happen. And we're getting all annoyed, right? And we did learn some things about the day, right? And one of the things that we learned is that when we are asking cross-examination questions, I've learned that my judge does not want to start with the history of DV. He wants to start with the predicate act, right? The predicate act is what's going on now with the football field. My next has gotten two false restraining orders on me, but he doesn't want to talk about the history of divorce. He wants to work in reverse. So we need to start with what happened now with the football field and disprove that, okay? And then we'll work backwards with the lies. But we learn that. You know, and it took us about an hour and a half to start feeling better because we had learned some things. We had seen some silver linings. That's one thing. Another thing that I recognize that I was explaining to Brittany is I go, I feel like you have to introduce your transitions to the judge. Fuck what the next says, right? And like, I don't know if some of you guys are card players, right? But like, let's say, you know, in poker, right? If you have two aces, right? You can look at the guy and be like, what kind of hand do you have? And you know that you have a great hand, but you'd be like, hey, you know, like, do you want to call my bluff right now? So my point is with this little analogy is what I'm saying is, so I, I told Brittany, I would like for you to go in there and be like. So you inserted yourself into Max parenting time during this football game, didn't you? And she's going to say no, but it doesn't matter what the fuck she says. You're introducing it to the judge, right? So like once we prove that she lied all about the football field, then we can go, but you also lied about the history of domestic uh, domestic violence, didn't you? And she'll say no, but it doesn't matter. We're introducing the judge to what we are coming up with because otherwise the judge just wants to fly through everything and like it's yes or no. Did you do it or not? and we need to introduce our transitions to the judge. So for anybody, I mean, this is kind of my advice, guys. If, you know, you are going through this court system, this is kind of why I do this podcast is to let you guys know that some of the things that I noticed from being in the court, right? So if you're pro se or if you have, you know, legal assistance, pay attention to the judge and see what he likes. It's clear to me that my judge needs to be have his hand held and led through the story in the correct order, but it can't go, you know, from past to present. It needs to go from present to past, if you follow me. So I learned that about the judge, right? And uh, so anyway, Brittany, myself, and her husband stayed at this restaurant for about six or seven hours creating strategy. And we had a great time. Her husband is absolutely hilarious. We had a great time cracking jokes and stuff. And he was, you know, he doesn't really listen to the podcast. He knows what he hears from Brittany. um, But, you know, I was telling him some of the stories and actually some of the funny stories about, you know, my past with the next. And we had some parts where we were like cracking up and spitting, you know, water out of our nose or like getting up and laughing so hard, like comparing stories. Funny, funny stuff. And he was a great guy. And Brittany's amazing as always. And congratulations to you both for getting married. Um, But it was a good time. And uh, so I said to Brittany, I go, you know, I was like, "Uh, you know, am I going to go home? Am I going to get served with a violation? She goes, she probably went to the police. She goes, if I were you, I wouldn't be super concerned. And I go, you're right. So this morning, uh, I woke up and I said, you know, I texted Brittany and I go, last night, the judge said. You know, I have the autonomy to express my concern for the children however I want, right? And so I said to Brittany, I go, why am I not calling DCPMP? I already made the police report. Why am I not calling DCPMP? And she goes, do it. So I called DCPMP this afternoon and I explained to them that my daughter has a bump on her head and I recorded them saying that they're sleeping with John's children and that they're sleeping on the floor and that uh, the dog bites their butts. And you know what DCPMP said to me? They said, you're describing a custody issue, not child abuse. And I said, what? I was like, my kid has bruises on her head. That's not negligence. And they go on I'm saying it's not negligence, but it's not child abuse. They're like, did it hit the kids? I was like, how do I know? I was like, how do I know that? I'm, I'm hearing this information from a four-year-old. How do I know that not hit her? And they're like, well, I think you should consult your attorney and, the, and your judge. I said, I did. And they advised me to call you. And they're like, well, they the DCP&P worker goes, you should know better. I was like, F-, I didn't say fuck you. I was like, you know what? You're right. I will. I'll consult the judge and my lawyer. Have a great day. And I hung up on the DCPMP worker. I hate to say it and I hope you guys don't drop out after I say this, I think I'm not believed because I'm a man. Sorry, I just shrugged. I think I'm not believed because I'm a man, and I think they probably can pull up, just by my phone number, probably my file or something, and know that I have a TRO against me, and they probably think it's retaliatory. And I told them about the police report and everything. Man, the deck is so stacked against me. Um, But... Whatever, they wouldn't let me file it. And Brittany, I'd text her and she was irate and she was pissed. And uh, yeah, whatever. So um, yeah, it is what it is. So I was working today and I was thinking about this whole thing. And I started thinking, um, okay, let's run this through, right? Let's say if the next goes to the police department and wants to say that I violated the TRO. Well, she's going to go to the Pleasantville Police Department because that's who's you know, been on her side the whole time. And the Pleasantville Police Department is the one who did the wellness check at her house. So she's going to go to the Pleasantville Police Department and say, hey, he violated the the restraining order. Well, how did he violate it? Well, he expressed concern for his children and did a wellness check. You guys did the wellness check, so you helped him break the restraining order. Do you think, what do you think they're going to say? I'll tell you what, no cops have shown up at my house last night and no cops have shown up at my house tonight. So I don't want to say I'm in the clear. Um, I bet she probably went and it probably didn't work out. And they're probably they know that I filed a police report two days ago and they did a wellness check. So, yeah, I bet they're probably like, fuck you. You know what? I think her story is starting to unravel. And between the police report, the kid's therapist, and my son's school, I think I put a lot of dents in her armor. And I think I'm happy that I did it, you know, because, um, yeah, it just, I think it was the right decision. So that was my week. Hey, guys, I was all set to end this episode. And I uploaded the episode into Spotify for podcasters. And then I checked my analytics and... I saw that Pleasantville for the first time in 18 months is one of the cities that is featured in my analytics. Um, I don't know how to feel right now. It could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. If it's a good thing, this is going to open up a lot of doors for me um, because if my anonymity is broken, my anonymity is broken and I can open up more. If it's a bad thing, you know, I mentioned a long time ago That I found this, you know, I started doing this podcast because a friend of mine had a podcast about narcissism and he got me to do it. And then he got a gag order and he had to stop doing the podcast. Um, So, I mean, everything on this podcast is anonymous. I mean, my name has been changed, my children's names have been changed, my next name has been changed. Um, Everything about this podcast is anonymous so um i'm not slandering anybody i'm not saying anything wrong uh i'm just telling these stories but it's interesting now you know i i check my analytics always to see if pleasantville pops up and for the first time in 18 months my eyes saw what i didn't ever want to see so um i don't know how i feel right now um god forbid this is the end you guys have changed my life, and I absolutely love everything. You know, I've, I've loved every interview I've done. I've connected with so many amazing people, and uh, I love you guys. You guys have changed my life. And uh, if this is the end, I don't think it is, um, thank you. Thanks for everything. Um, this changed my life. But I'm not saying goodbye, but in case I have to, thanks. I love you guys, and uh, until next time, everybody.